Well, it's good to be with you all. Um, I'm just going to make an adjustment there. There we go. Psalm 139 is where we're going to be reading today. So if you take your Bibles and let's stand together and let's read God's word together before we get started. Psalm 139, probably a well-known psalm to many of you and one that um, I have enjoyed down through the years. It has a great prayer in the end that we're going to look at today, but we're going to read the entire psalm so that we get the context of the prayer. David is writing this psalm and he says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and adore those who rise against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God, thank you for your word today. Search us. Test us. Reveal to us. We want to hear from you today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <laughs> I'm asking this question in this series, how's your prayer life going? How is your prayer life going? And I don't know about you, but my hope, my hope in prayer is that you have been praying at least this past week the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, 
The prayer that uh, Jesus taught us after that the disciples asked this question, they asked the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And my prayer for this series is that God would raise the temperature in your own personal life on prayer. That he would, he would help increase your fervency, your desire, your habits, your prayer life would become something that would be revived and renewed. Because if you've walked with the Lord any number of days or weeks or months or years, you will discover that your prayer life is kind of up and down. Sometimes you feel like God is right there for you, and other times it feels like he's a million miles away. You feel like your prayers bounce off the ceiling and come right, right back at you. Sometimes you have a sense in which God doesn't even, is not even aware of your prayers. Sometimes you're so discouraged that you even give up on praying all together. My prayer is that this series would encourage you to pray. How do you learn how to pray? There's only one way, and that is to pray. We can read some books. We can hear some devotional thoughts on it. We can even hear some sermons on it. But if that's all we do, then we've missed the whole point. We should be people of prayer. Prayer is so important. And not only do I want to raise the temperature of prayer in our, in our own personal life, but also in our church. And I just want to make you aware of a couple of things. On your response card, I just want to point out on the very back, there is a place for you to write prayer requests. And uh, many of you use that on a regular basis. And um, if, for example, you write a prayer request and you want that prayer request to be confidential, in other words, you only want the pastoral staff to know about it and to pray for you, you would check off on there, um, um, I would like a call from the pastor or for their little box that says, for pastoral team only. If you do not check that off, those prayer requests are printed up on Monday morning and sent out to the prayer team in church, okay? They are sent out across the, the constituency of Olive Knowles. And if you receive the prayer request every Monday, you would receive a list of all of the requests that came in for the prior Sunday. Um, if you are not receiving those prayer requests, you can sign up to get on that prayer list or that prayer chain by going to your Olive Knowles response card and checking off, I will join the prayer team and leave your email address. You do not receive it unless you sign up for it, okay? So that's one thing that I want to draw your attention to. Second of all, we have a prayer team that gathers on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock in room 714 and right across from the kitchen. That prayer team is a group of people, usually it's the same small group of people that gather together and they spend about 15 to 20 minutes in prayer for our morning services. They pray for you. They pray for me, they pray for the worship team, they pray for our children's ministry, our youth ministry, they pray for the message that's going to be going on that Sunday morning. We bathe this service in prayer, amen? And so that team is available for you to join if you would like to be a part of the prayer team on Sunday morning, all you need to do is show up at 8 o'clock, all right? 
go into that room. Usually Jerry and uh, Fred Klepper are there leading that group. And Joe Thornton is usually there. And uh, we'd love to have you join that prayer team. All right. And uh, so that's going on. Also for this series, we have a prayer wall established. If you would go out into the, into the gathering place here, the foyer, on the, on the fo- right here in the corner where I'm pointing, there is two boards, one that says um, prayer request and answered prayers. There's a little table in front of it with some cards. We would like you to, during this prayer, ser- this prayer series, go up and write your prayer request out and put it on the prayer request board. Once that prayer request is answered, we want you to go to that board and take the prayer request off the board and put it on the prayer answered board, all right? Because we want to see God answer prayer, amen? So we want to encourage in a very visual way for you to see prayer requests and to answer prayer requests. You can stop by any time during the week, by the way, and pray over that board, You could stop in on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday, on a Monday, whenever. Just go by the prayer board, read the prayer request, and pray for the prayer board um, that's on there. That's a very unique way that we're doing that as well. During our prayer times, we'll have a pastor like I did this morning at the, at the front that will be available to pray with you if you'd like a prayer, um, somebody to pray for you on behalf of, uh, of, the, of the Lord. Sometimes we just need that. Last thing I'd point out to you is that we are collecting, Pastor Cedric is collecting answered prayers. Here's what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to pick up this little card. It's on the tables over there. It says, answered prayer. And we would like you to write what the situation was, what the prayer, what your prayer was, and what the answer was, okay? And we are collecting these, and I'm not just talking about recent answered prayers, but prayers you have prayed at any point in your life that have been significant to increase your faith in prayer. We will share some of those stories with you to encourage you in your own prayer life, okay? Again, trying to raise the temperature of prayer in our church, in our homes. If you're a man or a woman here and you're you're the head of the household or uh, running a house, I want to encourage you to make sure you pray around your table before you eat. Amen? Amen? Just give God thanks for the food and pray for one another. I think it would be great, moms and dads, if you would pray for your kids before you send them off to school. I think it would be great. We did did this practice in our household. When we tucked our kids into bed, we always knelt down and prayed for every single one of our children before they went to sleep. And we did that right up into the times that they wouldn't allow us to do it anymore. You know, you get my drift on that one, right? But we just prayed for them. And so I would encourage you to pray, to pray, and to pray. So, prayer is, Lord, teach us to pray. Um, Dangerous prayers. Robert Law said this, prayer is a mighty instrument, not getting man's will done on heaven, but getting God's will done on earth. And really, that's a dangerous prayer. Prayer is not about your agenda, it's about God's agenda. It's about God's will on earth. And I want to tell you something, when God shows up, he does a mighty incredible things. 
And he wants us to be people who are praying his will on earth and not our own will. I love what Martin Luther said about prayer. He said this, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Just let that sink in for a moment. It, it, as it is the business of tailors to make clothes or the business of cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. If you are a follower of God, if you have faith in God, there is only one way to communicate to God, and that's through prayer. Pray, pray, pray. And so we're looking at these different prayers that are found. The Bible is full of prayers. And uh, one of the books that, of the Bible that is primarily a book of prayer is the book of Psalms. All of the Psalms are what is called praise and worship and prayers. That's all they are. This was the original worship book. This was the book that people gathered around and worship. Prayers are recited. Prayers are, are written down in this book. Many of them were written by King David, who is considered a man after God's own heart. And he writes for us some of the most fantastic. Psalm 23, great, great psalm. Psalm 51, another great psalm. Psalm 139, another great psalm. Those psalms are prayer languages. So if you have a hard time praying and you don't know what to pray, open your book of the Bible up and read a psalm and pray the psalms. They will give you language. There are times when the psalms are what is called laments. They are complaints to God. You ever want to complain to God? You ever want to say, God, why me? God, how come this is happening? The Bible is full of very real prayers, and we find that here in the book of Psalms. So today, this is our prayer for the week. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the prayer that I want to encourage you to pray this week along with the Lord's Prayer. I want you to take this prayer, the prayer of David, which is found in the last two verses of Psalm 139. And I want you to incorporate that into your own prayer life. The idea of searching me. Search me. And so for the next few moments, I, wanna, I just want to pull this prayer apart and help you to understand it and hear it and apply it to your life so that you can pray it this week. There are four parts of this prayer, just like there are four parts of the entire Psalm 139. There are four different stanzas that are made up of six verses. Six verses, one point. Six verses, another point. And the last, the last stanza is found here in, in Psalm um, 139, verses 23 and 24. So a few things he says. First of all, we've been hearing a lot about indictments a lot in the news, haven't we? For the first time in American history, an American president has been indicted not once... Not twice, not three times, but four times. Now, I'm not here to talk about President Trump. Praise God for that, amen. But I am here to tell you that, that, that David, when he wrote this prayer, felt like he was under an indictment. He was under an indictment. He was wondering what he had done wrong. And he was searching himself 
for, for anything that would be offensive to God. Most of the time when we read Psalm 139, we don't read it from that standpoint. But when you look at the psalm and you look at the, where the psalm starts in verse 1 and where it ends in verse 23 and 24, you realize that, that, that David felt like his life was under a microscope. And when somebody is indicted, they are accused. They are accused of doing something wrong. There has been an investigation. There is uh, evidence. And now there is at least probable cause for somebody to bring charges against somebody else. And David found himself in that, that place. He found himself in a place where he felt like he was under a microscope. And he was under indictment. Just this past week in the church of a Nazarene. There was a trial within the church against a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ that was teaching and preaching heresy. There was a trial done and that trial at the end of the trial, that person was convicted of doing the crimes that they were accused of doing and they were removed as a pastor within the church of the Nazarene. You see, all of us have accountability. And even as pastors, we are accountable to our calling to be an elder within the church that our life, our doctrine, and our, and our teaching correspond with God's holy word. And so, so, I don't know about you, but as you pray this prayer, search me. Search me. It is a prayer that is in a sense in which you put yourself in the place of being indicted. Put yourself in the place that somebody is accusing you. And then begin to say, God, you know all things. Is there anything within me that is not of you? Is there anything you need to show me? Because God, I can't hide from you. And so with that understanding, I want us to walk through this prayer. First of all, he prays this. Number one, search my heart. Search my heart. He says there in Psalm 20, 20, 139, verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. The word search literally means investigate me. Put me under a microscope. Look at my actions. Look at my thoughts. Look at where I've been. Look at what I do. Look at my entire life and investigate me and know me in my deepest level, in the level of my heart, in the level of my motives. Know me through and through, he says. That's how the psalm ends. But notice how the psalm begins in verse number one. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. So he begins this psalm by saying, God, you have already searched me. You have already searched my life. You already know who I am. You know everything about me. And then he walks through this, this Psalm 139, which is really a psalm that says, God, you know all things. There is absolutely nothing hidden from you. I can't hide from you. I can't run from you. I can't, I can't go to the darkest place on the planet. You know all things. He actually says things like this. You know every word that's on my mouth even before I say it. You are omnipotent. 
You are all those omnis, you know, you, you know everything in my life. And really, that's what he says here. He knows where I am. He knows what I'm doing. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows everything about me. And if you go back and read Psalm 139, that's exactly what the psalmist is saying to God. God, I am here under indictment. I've been accused. I have been wrongfully accused, I might be, or I've been rightfully accused. But no matter what, you are the ultimate judge of the universe. And I stand here before you as one who is laid bare before you. You know everything about me. I cannot hide it from you. Now, I don't know about you, but in some ways that scares the living heck out of me. Because there's some things in your life you don't want anybody to know. There's some things in your life you don't want anybody to ever know. But God's word tells us he knows everything. And he says, search me. Search me, O God. In, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says this about the human heart. It says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I mean, who really, 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 really knows you? Who really, really knows everything about you? And the Bible says to us that those without Jesus Christ and his wonderful grace and mercy and the filling of the Holy Spirit, that we are deceitfully deceitful. <laughs> We are wicked at the core, and we are seeking our own ways instead of the ways of God. And who knows how bad it is. Sometimes I look at human beings and I go, Could, are you kidding me? Did they do that? I mean, we are capable of a terrible thing as a human race. We're capable of murder. We're capable of rape. We're capable of abusing children. We're capable of, of stealing, of lying, cheating. We're capable of adultery. We're capable of, of all kinds of wickedness in our world. And where does that stem from? We are at, at the very core of our being, sinful human beings bent on pleasing ourselves. And so David starts this, his prayer saying, God, I am not above reproach. I know I can be wrong. I know I can think I'm doing the right thing and still do the wrong thing. So God, would you search me? Would you search me? Because you know everything. The second thing he says there is reveal my fears. The second part in the prayer was search me, O God, and know my heart. And then he says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Know my anxious thoughts. In other words, know the things that, 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 that keep me awake at night. The things that I'm scared about. It could be your future. Could be death. Could be a sickness. Could be your finances. Could be the stock market falling down and your retirement just vanishing right before your eyes. Could be all of a sudden you have a heart attack on Friday at the gym where you're working out and feeling great. It's like, whoa, God, what's going on? 
and you're afraid. Test me in this and see what is anxious within me. I'm full of anxiety. I don't trust you, Lord, because I'm concerned about what's going on and I'm worried. I'm worried. I love what one writer says. What we fear most reveals where we trust God the least. All of us are human. And there's not one of us in this room who has not had an anxious thought. Some of us have anxious thoughts all day long. What do you do with that? You take it to the Lord in prayer. That's why the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, present your request to God. And what? The peace of God, which transcends our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, we'll get peace in the middle of the uncertainty that's going on, of our anxieties. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. When you're living, especially living a life where you're keeping things hidden, where you're lying to yourself and lying to the people around you, and you're worried that you're going to be found out, there is no peace. There is only fear that the light will expose you and then you will have to face the punishment. The fear has to do with punishment of your own actions. I would much rather go to the Lord and confess my sins than try to run from God and think I could outrun my sin. Because when we come to God and we say, Lord, I've sinned against you, guess what we receive? His grace. His love and his forgiveness, his mercy. And we receive his sense of peace in our life. And it drives away that fear in our life. Jesus said it this way. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. You see, when you're running from God, when you're not living for the Lord, when you're living a double life, you will not have peace in your life. You will have fear, and you'll try to live a life trying to keep everything straight, and everything eventually will all come tumbling down. God, help us. Amen. Reveal our fears. I love this prayer from, from a, a friend of mine on this. He says, our lives are often plagued by anxiety and our constant access to the news and social media only enhances that. Yet when we understand and believe we are completely known, loved by God, we are in the safest place to ask him to search our hearts, test us, and know our anxious thoughts he will never put us to shame or reject us when we accept his invitation to an authentic prayer life. You don't have to be worried about saying, God, search me, test me. Because when God reveals it, he comes with his love. Not his condemnation. He comes with his love. 
to do that. Number three, the third part of the prayer is simply uncover my sins. Uncover my sins. He says here, see if there is any offensive way in me. Offensive way in me. Sometimes we can't see ourselves. Sometimes we can't see our actions. Sometimes we can't see our attitudes. Sometimes we have blind spots in our lives that we need God to shine his light into our lives. And when, when we pray this prayer, we're asking God to show us any offensive way, this way that is against him. And God does that. Some of the questions that you might want to ask yourself as you are praying this prayer are these questions. Number one, what are others trying to tell me about me? What is your spouse trying to say to you? What do your kids say to you? What do those who work with you say about you? What are all people who know you the best? Is there anything that they are saying to you that might reveal a character flaw, an area that God wants to change in your life? Have you ever had somebody tell you something and you got mad about it? That might give you an indication that some of what they're saying is true. If you're defensive, you find that your blood pressure goes up and you're not moved to humility, but you're moved to justifying yourself. What have I rationalized for some time? I had a member of my church back a few years ago that they rationalized not tithing because of their income and their expenses. And they rationalized why they only give God a certain percentage that was far less than a tithe. And they justified it for so long, even though their income continued to rise year after year after year after year, their percentage continued to decline year after year after year. What do we rationalize? Talk God's word out of us. That's offensive to God. Here's another question. Where am I most offensive? That kind of goes back to the, what I was saying earlier about what they're trying to tell me. And the last one is, what are you hiding? What are you hiding from God? You know you don't hide anything from God. You're just lying to yourself. But what are you hiding from others? All of those things are areas that you can begin to pray. Lord, is there any offensive way in me? Prayer will cause you to abandon sin or sin will cause you to abandon prayer. You're living in sin, guess what you're not doing? You're not praying. You're definitely not connecting to God. If there's anything that will keep God from answering your prayers, there's unconfessed willful sin in your life. If you are directly living contrary to the will of God and you know you are, God is not answering your prayers. 
because his will's not being done on earth as it is in heaven. His name is not being hallowed. Prayer will cause you to abandon sin, especially if you're praying, search me, O God. Here's the fourth one. Lead me. Lead me. He says, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. God, I am under an indictment. I am an open book to you. You have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit You know when I lie down. You know the thoughts that are on my mind or in my mouth before I say them. I can't run from you. I can't hide from you. You actually formed me before I was even known in my mother's womb. You know everything about me, oh God. Yet here in the very end of this psalm, he actually says this. I have nothing but hatred for them. And I count them my enemies. I don't know about you, but I was like, wow, here in one sentence he says, I've got hatred in my heart. And the next sentence he says, search me, O God. These bloodthirsty men are trying to get me. They're after me. They're they're trying to bring me down, God. They're accusing me. They're running after me. They're actually trying to kill me, oh God. I hate them because they hate you. But God, you know everything about me. Now would you search me? And now would you lead me now in the way that is everlasting and the way that is right and the way that is holy and the way that, that you have provided for me. Jesus says, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And boy, I'll tell you, when you're under an indictment, sometimes you want to fight with the wrong weapons. Especially if you're trying to cover it up. I love the picture in Isaiah. There's a picture in the the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, of a desert. We know what deserts are here in Bakersfield. Just drive out of town and all you see is desert. Brown. And, and there's a picture in Isaiah of this desert, this barren land. And the scripture says that Isaiah has a prophecy that God is going to build a highway in the middle of the desert. And this highway is going to be called, a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness, the way of righteousness, the way to live a different life, the way to say, God, search me. You know me. You know my heart. You know my anxious thoughts. You know it. May there, is there anything offensive in me? Show it to me, oh God. Now lead me on the way everlasting. I want to walk a different path, live a different life. I want you to give me eternity. 
The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about it. This prayer is a prayer that leads you forward. It's not just a prayer that says, search me, looking back. It's a prayer of the past. It's a prayer of the present. And it's a prayer of the future. Now lead me, God, that I might walk the pathway of righteousness, of holiness, that your name would be honored. The worship team's going to come. And as they come, we're going to sing a closing song, which is familiar to most of you. But let's say the prayer together. Would you say it with me on the count of three? One, two, three. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Would you stand with me? As we conclude this service, maybe today as you've heard the word of God preached, the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. And maybe today you're here and you say, God, I feel like I'm under a microscope. I feel like my life is under an indictment. I feel like I am guilty as charged. I can already feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I have unconfessed sin in my life. I've been walking a path that is not the path of righteousness and holiness, not the way of everlasting. But today, Lord, I want to get on the right path. I want to get on the right road. As we sing this great old hymn, I Surrender All, maybe today you just need to have some time at the altar. Time to pray. Time to surrender. God has spoken to you today. Don't say no to him. It's not about me, it's about him. He's here today and he knows you. So as we sing, if you feel like you just need to pray, the altars are open, come. Thank you God for your word today. Thank you for this dangerous prayer that lays us bare before you. God, search us. Test us, show us any offensive way, and lead us, I pray. In Jesus' name.